Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The question isn't who is going to let us. The question is who is going to stop us. I have a dream. One day, this nation will rise up. Black men thinking. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. Black men thinking. Anytime you throw your weight behind a political party that controls two-thirds of the government and that party can't keep the promise that it's made to you during election time and you are dumb enough to walk around continuing to identify yourself with that party, you're not only a chump, but you're a traitor to your race. Black men thinking. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people, is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. Black men thinking. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Black Man Thinking. thinking, thinking. Stanley Levy, Black Man Thinking, here on the vanguard of personal freedom, personal liberty, and personal responsibility, Mojo 5 Radio. Also, WDDQ, Talk 92.1 FM in Valdosta, Georgia, WJHC, Talk 107.5 North Florida Talk Radio, Freedom in America Radio.com and WLBB News Talk AM 1330 and FM 106.3 in Carrollton, Georgia. Happy to be with you. Um, I want to ask a question. How many of you recall the words that Van Jones used to describe the unfolding election result back in November 2016? Well, look, first of all, you know, congratulations. Both of you guys were... We're not there yet. <laughs> well, 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 you're further than anybody said you would be. And I, I have enough uh, uh, class, and I was raised well enough to say, uh, when you outdo... Yes, sir, thank you. When you outdo expectations, you know, good for you. But there's another side to this. People have talked about a miracle. Uh, I'm hearing about a nightmare. 
Uh, it's hard to be a parent tonight for a lot of us. Uh, you tell your kids, don't be a bully. You tell your kids, don't be a bigot. You tell your kids, do your homework and be prepared. And then you have this outcome, and you have people putting children to bed tonight, and they, they're afraid of breakfast. They're afraid of how do I explain this to my children. I have Muslim friends who are texting me tonight saying, should I leave the country? I have uh, families of immigrants that are terrified tonight. This was many things. I, 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 this was a rebellion against the elites. True. It was a complete reinvention of, of, of politics and polls. It's true. But it was also something else. We've talked about race. I mean, we've talked about everything but race tonight. We've talked about income. We've talked about class. We've talked about region. We haven't talked about race. This was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president in part. And that's the part where the pain comes. And Donald Trump has a responsibility tonight to come out and reassure people that he is going to be the president of all the people who he insulted and offended and, and, and brushed aside. Yeah, when you say you, know, you want to take your country back, you got a lot of people who feel that we're not represented well either. But we don't want to feel that someone has been elected by throwing away some of us to appeal more deeply to others. So this is a, a deeply painful moment tonight. I know it's not just about race. There's more going on than that. But race is here, too. we got to talk about it. So race is here, too, and we got to talk about it. Okay, well, let's talk about this. He talked about immigrants. He didn't really talk about black people as much, but he did call it a white lash. He talked about people who felt, mis uh, felt like they had not been represented. That describes a significant number of white people in America. There's a recent poll that said 55% of them feel that they're, that they're discriminated against in this country, and I understand exactly why. It's because of that diversity nonsense. You talked about people feeling afraid, should I leave the country? The question is this, I have yet to meet anyone who is American who is afraid of other Americans. I haven't met one yet, and I'm not saying they don't exist, I just haven't, and I don't travel in all kinds of circles. But I will say, I haven't met anybody yet. I've met people who are nervous, and they have a reason to be nervous. Immigration has taken a bad hit because... The federal government is, has purposely mishandled immigration for years. So even if you're a legal immigrant, if you get caught up in the backlash, and there's going to be a backlash, there should be a backlash, and it's coming. Let's remember he's talking about an end of an era. He talked about politics being reinvented, polls being reinvented. What was the reinvention? You've got to remember, before you got to 2016, from 2009 up to that election in November 2016, there had been a political sea change in this country. The Democrat Party had lost more than a 1,000 elected seats at various levels of government, local, state, federal. They lost governorships. They went from being in a, they went from having a majority of governorships to a, a minority of governorships. They went from having a minority, excuse me, a majority um, control in most of the state houses in this country to having less than half, less than 40% control of state houses in the United States. They lost the House, they lost the Senate, and eventually, of course, they lost uh, the presidency. They lost, every, they lost everything because their message stank and because the person who was representing them 
at the highest level of government, Barack Obama, was himself one of the most racially polarizing individuals that the nation had ever seen in elected office. And after eight years of that, there was time for a reaction. But that reaction had been building for five decades. We've been telling people for five decades, white people for five decades, particularly white males, that you cannot speak. A person of color is speaking, you cannot. Something's going on with you that a person of color does not have and they're not doing as well. It's your fault that they're not doing well. You need to step aside so this person of color or this woman or woman of color, anything that's not a white male, the white male has been the most blamed individual in America for the past half century. Everything that's wrong with America is because white men have everything, and that's still going on. Back at, during the campaign, you heard chance of lock her up, dealing with Hillary Clinton, and Hillary Clinton should have been locked up. The woman committed a crime, a crime for which others had gone to jail. For some reason, she did not. We all understand now why, because of the corruption that was in the government through Barack Obama and the progressives that he had brought into the um, federal government. The people of America, yes, the majority white, those white people. Can I help you guys out? 65% of this country is considered Caucasian. You can't, I want to know how you're going to have a diverse country in America without including the largest demographic therein. That doesn't make any sense to me. How can they not have a seat at the table if they are the largest demographic in the country? Doesn't make a bit of sense. But now they've taken up a new chant at the Trump rallies, and it's in response to others who have come and been very, well, critical of the nation, of the president, and of the American people. Now, this is how Chris Matthews reported on the new chant on Hardball the night of the rally last week. Let's take a look at this. At the Trump rally just now, you'd hear him, they used to yell, lock her up, meaning Hillary Clinton. Well, tonight there's a new one. Let's listen to the latest chant. These left-wing ideologues see our nation as a force of evil, the way they speak so badly of our country. They want to demolish our Constitution, weaken our military, eliminate the values that built this magnificent country. You have to look at some of their recent comments, which are never talked about. When you see the four congresswomen, oh, isn't that lovely? I'll give you just a couple. I have pages and pages, but we don't want to bore you. We don't want to go too long. Omar has a history of launching vicious anti-Semitic screeds. You know, the anti-Semitic thing is, I don't, that's not an aspect, but it's not the main point of what those women have been saying at all. No, but it sort of paints them as, as evil, crazy doers. Look, I think it's stark. When you, when you look at how did Reagan re- launch his re-election, this morning in America, how did W, uh, you know, W talked about a more hopeful America. You know, Bill Clinton was a bridge to the 21st century. You had these Americans, whether they're Democrat or Republican, launching their campaigns as sort of a hopeful sort of bringing America together. Yeah. This guy's launching his campaign about 
talking about how these people hate America. It's dramatically different. Warren Harding's campaign. It showed in the cabinet, by the way. Whatever you think of these guys, they would, they did try to diversify their cabinets. That'll be a more recent Republican. So this guy came along. After after World War One, uh, Warren Harding's uh, slogan was "Return to Normalcy." <laughs> maybe maybe adopted by the Democrats. Look, he does the, this. This is the this is the thing that he actually does best, right? He does this this roving. I don't know what you want to Troubadour. call it. Yeah, some show, right? Yeah. And he gets the crowd all ginned up, and he says these ridiculous things because the one-offs aren't working, right? So, Mr. Kim, tear down this curb. That didn't work. <laughs> Build a wall. Uh, Mexico is going to pay for that. Didn't work. Uh, we're going to take China trade. We, we don't have any deal with China. That didn't work. We're going to do, redo NAFTA. We don't have a re redone NAFTA. Nothing's been passed or ratified. That didn't work. So this is all he got. This is all he has. You know, all, you know, all he has is racism. He gets accused very credibly <laughs> within the last week of being a rapist. He gets he says terrible things about ethnic groups. The guy says anything he wants. He's almost up to the level of if I shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue. It's almost. But it's going to get worse. Why are they with him that strongly? Well, to answer Mr. Matthews, uh, for one thing, um, people are with Trump strongly because we have a better economy. We have more jobs. We have better trade. We have better foreign relations. We're not really at war with anybody. None of that could be said for the eight years prior to Trump. The country is actually doing better, which means specifically it's not about the government doing better. The American people are actually doing better, the American people. But the interesting thing to me is how they want to focus on race when neither in his tweets or at the rally or even the even in, even the um, chants, nobody said anything about race. It is assumed by progressives that if he's talking about someone from Somalia, it must be because she's black, really. The other thing that's interesting is how they edited. You could tell that they edited the um, feed or the uh, clip that they got from the rally. Here's PBS playing a, a relatively similar portion that, and the portion that preceded the chant. See if you can tell the difference. Omar laughed that Americans speak of Al-Qaeda in a menacing tone and remarked that you don't say America with this intensity. You say Al-Qaeda makes you proud. Al-Qaeda makes you proud. You don't speak that way about America. And at a press conference just this week, when asked whether she supported Al-Qaeda, that's our enemy that's our enemy. They are a very serious problem that we take care of, but they always seem to come along somewhere. She refused to answer. She didn't want to give an answer to that question. Omar blamed the United States for the crisis in Venezuela. I mean, think of that one. And she looks down with contempt on the hardworking Americans, saying that ignorance is pervasive in many parts of this country. And obviously and importantly, Omar has a history of launching vicious anti-Semitic screeds. Notice the difference between what actually happened at the rally and what MSNBC, uh, Chris Matthews, chose to uh, bring out. He ran through the litany or part of the litany of all the things that 
Ilan Omar had said negatively about the United States or against the United States. Proud of Al-Qaeda? Wow. Okay. Al-Qaeda had something to do with bringing down the Twin Towers in New York. Why would you be proud of them? Uh, when asked to denounce them, she would not. She wouldn't even respond to the question. She talked about the ignorance of Americans. And that's when the chant began. Not only are you siding with the enemies of America, those who had, dis- who had attacked America, you're calling us ignorant? Get out of here. Well, send her back. Yes, because she's, she's a Somali. Send her back to Somalia. Nothing wrong with that. You got a problem with that? I don't. This isn't about Trump's tweets. This is about the reaction of the American people to what the AOC coven of witches say. And this is another member of that coven. She thinks Americans are ignorant. She she wants to praise Al-Qaeda, who killed 3,000 Americans plus in one day by flying planes into buildings. Are you really surprised that somebody is not crazy about this woman? Can I ask you a question? Since we're all into chance now, and, you know, condemning people because of chance, where was Chris Matthews and the progressive left when these chants were being put out there? City, December 2014, and if you couldn't make it out, there was a call and response chant. What do we want? Dead cops. When do we want it? Now. I don't remember the condemnation from MSNBC, CNN, CBS, ABC. I, I, I missed that. Or how about this one from August of 2015, here's a story from a local affiliate about another chant that the anti-police crowd like to repeat. In Minnesota, chants from Black Lives Matter protesters are drawing disgust from police. The protesters took to the streets Saturday in St. Paul outside of the state fair, yelling, quote, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon, end quote. Some believe the chant refers to putting police officers in body bags. Many police found the chant insensitive, while protesters believe it's misinterpreted. Statements and chants like that are just ignorant. You know, I find it absolutely disgusting. It definitely wasn't a threat. You know, I don't know if they would have received it differently if we just said maybe on a stick or something like that. But, you know, we're out there chanting. We're using our voices. 
And the officer you heard from there added he doesn't think police care about an apology but would like for protesters to change their rhetoric. Again, I don't recall the massive uh, reaction from the media to condemn people saying that cops should be fried like bacon. I don't recall that. And you heard the one of the um, protest leaders, if you will, minimalizing, oh, we're just using our voices. Let me ask this question. So if you use your voice to call for the death of law enforcement officers, that's just using your voice. When you, but that's because you're black, of course. Now, when a white person who finally speaks up and says, you know what, all these clowns in this country who don't like this country and want to say that I'm stupid or I'm ignorant because, because I don't think like they do, get them up out of here. Why are they not doing anything more than just using their voices? Send her back. Well, it's racist because she did, they didn't say where. They didn't say send the racial slur back. They just said her. Is her now a racial slur? I, I, I tend to doubt that. But here's what I really don't doubt. We've had 50 years of white people being told that they're not allowed to speak. What we're now seeing is two years and counting of people getting past that and white folks finding their voice again. Of course, it's going to be a little bit clumsy. They haven't been able to say anything for five decades. What they're finally doing is, you know, sometimes uh, you have boxers who, you know, basically they walk through the jab. You know, they, they finally figure out that even though you have a good jab, it's not good enough to hurt them. They just walk through it and start hitting you. White people are walking through the POC jab. You're a racist. They're not hearing that anymore. It's not affecting them the same way anymore. You got white privilege. They're like, get that mess out of here, too. And they are coming for all the POC chants and and the ideologies that minimalize and disparage them. They're the largest demographic in the country, and they have decided that they don't need black people to affirm their goodness as human beings. They've decided they do not need the agreement of immigrants, particularly not illegal immigrants, as to whether or not this is the best country on the planet. They're done apologizing, increasingly done apologizing. That's where the left has a problem. And again, this whole thing They keep trying to make this about Trump. At least in this case, they couldn't really make it about Trump because Trump wasn't the one chanting. Trump was simply the one feeding them the information about what this woman had said. And you you got a very American reaction. Americans are nice people. They're kind people. They're also very proud people. So while you're talking about a white lash, which is here, Remember the message that Trump gave in 2016 and and why it resonated. America was good, but her greatness was ebbing away. We need to make America great again. We need to stop the notion that the government was more concerned about illegal immigrants, other immigrants as well, more concerned about immigrants than about law-abiding citizens. We need to do something about the fact that the Republican Party is a bunch of liars. 
And the Democrats want to emulate Europe or even third world countries. That's the th- that's what was going on with the American people. They knew that the Democrats were horrific, but the Republicans simply lied about being different. And they believed that they could do and be better. That's what this is about. And Donald Trump has given them their voice. Well, what about Charlottesville? This ain't about Charlottesville. The folks who were there chanting, they, they got, they, they, they're not, they're not, they're not praising Charlottesville and what happened there. They don't care about that. What they do care about is that they are now going to be heard, and they are done going for the Euro racist and the race and racist race card and all this other stuff. All they're through going for the okie doke. So understand now. Um, the people of color, the POC crowd, they are now getting very uncomfortable. And the uh, rhymes with regrows, the Negroes, they are shook because their rhetoric's not working anymore. And white progressives, the ones behind all this, they are throwing every anti-Trump, anti-American, anti-family, anti-citizen, anti-Jesus, anti anti-motherhood, anti-anything that they can. They're just throwing it against the wall, hoping that something will stick and resonate with someone that is not currently a member of their base, and it's not working very well. The problem is this. If the American white demographic becomes fully woke, which means something totally different to them, than it does to all the social justice warriors. The progressives are going to learn just how small their base is. And they may have a very hard time being an effective voice in American politics for quite a while. Stanley Levy, Black Man Thinking, will be back right after this. Having an extra supply of food on hand is just smart. Some people call it prepping. I call it smart. You never know what's going to happen in this world. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. You'll find out a lot of good reasons to have that food and some great prices. MyPatriotSupply.com. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-452-1075. 800-452-1075. That's 800-452-1075. Hey, it's Doc Thompson. Got the new show on Mojo 5.0 coming up. Hopefully you'll uh, join us for that. And as a regular feature, my good friend, my life partner, Chef Patrick Mosier. I mean that in a food sort of way. I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, you'll be joining us on the broadcast as well? Absolutely. Every day that you ask me to. <laughs> Talking food and business and prostitutes, right? Because you're the food biz pro, and that's what the pro's for? It's all about cocaine and hookers. It's all about cocaine and hookers until somebody gets arrested. And then it's about the legal system. And Well, you get the point. We'll be talking in food and food trends and business and of course we'll be spotlighting business as I always have on my broadcast but Chef Patrick Moser will join us and he has his own
own platform starting soon on Spoonie Radio. Spoonie Radio, 24-hour food talk radio. Can you really talk about food for 24 hours a day? I could, but even I don't want to listen to myself talk about food for 24 hours. So, so we will have... Somebody a, will. Someone will be on the air 24 hours a day talking food, fun, travel, culture, and more than anything, food. You get great service and you do some good in the world with Patriot Mobile. Sign up for a Patriot Mobile account today. Start saving money, get great coverage, and do a little bit of good because they support companies, organizations, and candidates that you like. It's PatriotMobile.com slash doc. PatriotMobile.com slash doc. I have a dream. One day, this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men Black men thinking. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. Black men thinking. Anytime you throw your weight behind a political party that controls two-thirds of the government and that party can't keep the promise that it made to you during election time and you are dumb enough to walk around continuing to identify yourself with that party, you're not only a chump, but you're a traitor to your race. Black men thinking. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. Black men thinking. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Black men thinking. Stanley Levy, Black Man Thinking, here on the vanguard of personal freedom, personal liberty, and personal responsibility, Mojo 50 Radio. Also, WDDQ Talk 92.1 FM in Valdosta, Georgia, WJHC Talk 107.5 North Florida Talk Radio. Freedom in America Radio.com and WLBB News Talk, AM 1330 and FM 106.3 in Carrollton, Georgia. Let's discuss the impeachment nonsense um, for a minute. As you may know, there have been two impeachments in the more than 22 decade history of the U.S. presidency. Uh, covering now 45 different individuals. Only two of them have been impeached. Their job performance was seen as so bad by Congress that they wanted to remove them from office, but only a vote of the Senate uh, following an impeachment vote can do that. Now, in the case of um, the others, the two presidents who actually have been impeached, That took one vote each in the House of Representatives. One. I mean, one. Donald Trump has now seen three three impeachment votes in the House of Representatives. None of them have even been close 
to moving forward. So I think it's fair to say after three impeachment votes, two of them before the Mueller report became public and one since, the case for impeaching Trump cannot be made. Nevertheless, the the reasons for impeaching Trump can be articulated, and back in December of 2017, Al Green, Democrat of Texas, laid that out on during an, uh, an interview on NBC. You took that in terms of uh, putting together some impeachment efforts. They did fail this week. You forced the vote on the House floor. Uh, I want to just outline the two articles, one for associating the presidency with white nationalism, neo-Nazism and hatred, another for inciting hatred and hostility. So a bit later today, I am speaking with Congressman Emanuel Cleaver, as you know, among the overwhelming number of Democrats who voted against it. Do you this morning feel a bit let down by your fellow Democrats? No, I don't. Um, I have not one scintilla of regret. Uh, for edification purposes, the Honorable John Lewis uh, voted with us. Um, the Honorable Benny Thompson did as well. Uh, when Rosa Parks took that seat on the bus, uh, she didn't do it assuming that she would end uh, segregation in the South at that time. She did it because it was the right thing to do. In fact, it was the righteous thing to do. And sometimes you have to do the right thing. And perhaps it'll become the spark. Uh, we had 58 votes. Uh, that's nearly a third of the Democratic caucus. And it's about 57 more than a good many people thought we would have. When Dr. King went to jail, he didn't think that he would end segregation while he was there in the Birmingham jail, but he did the right thing. You have to stand up to hate, and you have to fight it. You can't try to placate hate. Uh, you've got to stand and look it in the eye and let it know that you're there to defend and protect people that would be victims. Let me add this. When the president associates the presidency with the neo-Nazis, with the hate mongers in uh, Charlottesville, He's legitimizing to a certain extent in their minds what they're doing. These people leave and they go back to jobs where they're serving food to persons of color. One can only imagine what they do to the food. Some of them probably have jobs as loan officers. One can only imagine why people don't get loans that they're qualified mm. for uh, because of a neo-Nazi possibly being the person who's taking the application. So what we've got to do is stand up to hate. And to the persons who did not, I have no animus. The persons who didn't vote uh, with us, I have no animus. Uh, this was the first step. It's a process. There will be additional efforts made. I don't falter. I won't give up. I won't give out. I'm going to stay in this fight. I did not come to Congress to placate hate. So when I look at uh, one last question, will you wait to uh, put forth talk of impeachment again until after the Russia investigation concludes, see if there's any evidence of collusion or not? Or as I look at the reasons for your articles of impeachment, they seem to stand independent of Russia. They are entirely independent of Russia. They don't deal with emoluments. They don't deal with obstruction of justice. It's time for us to put the hate agenda on the congressional agenda. It's time for Congress to weigh in. And I would add this as an important point. Um, due process is impeachment. That's why it's in Article 2, Section 4 of the Constitution. This is a due process question. So the president gets his due process. He's being treated fairly. Uh, it would come before the House. It's similar to an indictment, but not the same. Uh, this is a means by which a president can be made um, accountable for his insidious 
incitement uh, causing people to do harm to our country that may be irreparable. It may take us generations to overcome some of the ugliness that is being accorded. Uh, the, the statistics from the FBI are showing that hate crimes are up. We've had anecdotal evidence. Now we have the empirical evidence. It's time for some of us to take the stand. Let others come when they can. Uh, Maxine Waters was there. Uh, Benny Thompson was there. Jim Clyburn was there. Uh, Cedric Richmond was there. We have many people. Marsha Fudge was there. People who are determined to fight hate, not placate, not wait, uh, not wait until there's a better time. Uh, when Dr. King yeah. wrote his letter from the Birmingham jail, he wrote it because eight prominent members of the clergy were saying this is not the time. Wait until the judicial system can handle it. Let's let the law enforcement officers handle it. This is the business of Congress. We ought to take care of our business. Democratic Congressman Al Green of Texas, thank you, sir, for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So, no collusion, no sexual um, harassment, the incitement of hate. I'm not going to play. That's your reason for seeking to remove a duly elected president from office. That was back in December of 2017. They had a vote um, on the 6th of December. So the president hadn't even been in office, <laughs> even been in office a year, and Al Green is has stoked up the Congress to actually vote on impeachment. Now remember, Nancy Pelosi keeps saying she doesn't want this, but you're trying to tell me that an impeachment vote of a president gets to the House floor without the Speaker, who happens to be a member of the party seeking impeachment. She's not for it. Come on now. I may have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. Anyway, here is what you have with respect to that impeachment vote. Am I recognized, Mr. Speaker? I may proceed. Thank you. Impeaching Donald John Trump, President of the United States of High Misdemeanors, resolved that Donald John Trump, President of the United States, is unfit to be President and is impeached for high misdemeanors. Mr. Speaker, I move to lay the resolution on the table. Question is on the motion offered by the gentleman from California. Those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed say no. No. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it. I request the roll call vote. The gentleman asks for the yeas and nays. The gentleman does. On this vote, the yeas are 364, the nays are 58, with four voting present. The motion is adopted without objection. The motion to reconsider is laid on the table. So, Al Green comes out and says, we need to impeach Donald Trump because he's a hater. Effectively. That went down to defeat 364 to 58. They voted to table the motion, which means means it's it's dead. Doesn't mean you can't bring it up again. But uh, and remember, there are no crimes involved on this. No crimes, just high misdemeanors, whatever that is. So 364 to 58. And this is December 2017. So we're still looking at a Republican-controlled Congress. 
not a big deal. I can understand that. Well, but here's where you may be a little bit on the surprise side. They they came back later. I mean, later, as in the next month, which would be after the House. Uh, well, now excuse me. This is still another vote um, before the uh, 2018 midterm. So again, you still have a Republican-controlled House. They came back a month and a half later. They came back in January of 2018. And Al Green did it again. And the result? Wow. 355 to 66. So I guess you could say, oh, they're making progress. Okay. I, I, I don't know that I would agree with that, but that's fine. So that's two votes out of the way. And then Nancy is politicking, everybody's politicking, but then Trump told people that if you don't like the country, you need to go ahead and get hat. And, of course, that triggered the hate um, again. I mean, again. And as a result, uh, Al Green stirred it up again, and on the, I believe it was the 16th of July, you had another vote. NBC reported on that vote in this manner. Hans Nichols, uh, this is something that is not going away. We're now on, what, day four of this discussion over the president's racist attack, uh, and these lawmakers are not backing off either. You get the sense the president is always looking for a foil to run against, always looking for Democratic opponents for which to sharpen his distinctions, his yeah. differences, and he clearly has it. One quick me, point on to Brendan's point, uh, and if you got to run, you got someone on the I hill. I do, I'll, only, I'll because, only because I'm told that Kelly O'Donnell, our colleague over on the Hill, has some developing news in from us from House Speaker Pelosi. Kelly, what's up? Our team caught up with Speaker Pelosi. This is not on camera, but they asked her her reaction. Does she support the uh, resolution from uh, Congressman Al Green? And the answer was, no, I don't. And then, in a very Speaker Pelosi way, she said, does that surprise you? Again, going back to, let's look at her history, let's look at her leadership on this, and her plan for dealing with anything uh, in impeachment. So, the key thing is that she opposes this Al Green, Congressman Al Green of Texas uh, resolution, and that will set a tone for how things proceed today. That's uh, just moments ago from our team here in the cavernous uh, capital yeah. as uh, Speaker Pelosi was walking down the hall. Boy, Kel, keep your phone charged and your sneakers on. Thank you. Yes, we had an, We were going to have another vote. We did have another vote. Another vote on this thing happening again. And it happened before, um, I think the day before Trump had his most recent rally. And as a matter of fact, Donald Trump spoke about the impeachment vote, the third one of his presidency, at that rally. Meanwhile, uh, in the House of Representatives, two days ago, remember, uh, they passed a resolution condemning uh, what the president said regarding the go back tweets and whatnot. Yesterday in the House of Representatives, they had a procedural vote that would have led to uh, voting on articles of impeachment. But Democrats joined Republicans. It was bipartisan for a change in effectively killing the articles of impeachment in the House of Representatives. The final vote was 332 to 95. 137 Democrats voted with the Republicans. They do not want this this uh, impeachment issue 
to come back to haunt them right. in 2020. And Kevin McCarthy said, uh, it was kind of brilliant, he said they didn't actually vote against impeachment, they voted to table it down the line, made it easy for Democrats to vote against it, the president mentioned it. But let's be honest, I mean, is this really grounds for impeachment that you've seen, the Mueller report, and what it has, and what we've seen? Well, I mean, you basically, you, just, you don't like his tone and tenor or him, you can't just throw out a president because you don't like him. Well, it was collusion, impeachment, right. then it was obstruction, impeachment, racism, impeachment. president touched on this last night, listen. I just heard that the United States House of Representatives has overwhelmingly voted to kill the most ridiculous project I've ever been involved in. The resolution, how stupid is that, on impeachment. I want to thank those Democrats because many of them voted for us. The vote was a totally lopsided 332 to 95 to 1. This vote was so big. I have to thank many of the Democrats. I mean, that was amazing. No, no, I really do. I respect it. I really do. That was a that was a slaughter. But many of those people that voted for us this afternoon in somewhat of a sneak attack, a real sneak attack. Many of those people that voted for us were Democrats. And I want to thank them because they did the right thing for our country. He At said, least for now. He said the resolution. How stupid is that? He right. said strongest economy, lowest unemployment. We have rebuilt the most powerful military. It was totally depleted when I took office, and now it's rebuilt. He said we passed the largest tax cuts. We took care of our great vets, Veterans Choice, and Veterans Accountability. And they want to impeach. It's a disgrace. Well, uh, just because they voted to uh, table the articles of impeachment, that doesn't mean we're not going to hear that I word right. <laughs> between here and November. It's not Friday. over. And don't forget, Robert Mueller comes on Wednesday, uh, next Wednesday, yes. at least for now. So I'm sure some people will be clamoring regardless of what he says. Indeed, regardless of what he says. Let me see if I can round this up for you. There have been three, count them, three impeachment votes during Donald Trump's time as president. In the whole history, the 22-decade, 220-year history of the presidency prior to Donald Trump, there had been a total of two votes. So I've gotten more votes on impeachment in one presidential term than I've had in the entire history of the presidency. This, this, this is ridiculous. Now, there are 435 congressional districts, one representative each, which means there's a total of 435 votes, three times that number, we, to go with the three votes would be 1,305 votes. So of 1,305 votes, you had 364, you had 355, and 332 going against it. That adds up to, oh my gosh, 1,051 votes saying we're not going to impeach this president. And in the last vote, which was 332 to 95, since the, you know all the nine, you know all the eight votes were pretty much, no, they weren't, because there were four um, non-Democrats who went along with it. There are some Republicans, and there's Justin Amash, who is no longer a Republican. So the, the uh, majority Democrats, the majority of Democrats said, no, we ain't doing this. 1,051 votes out of 1,300 votes said, no, we will not impeach. So what effectively is going on with Congress is I have um, 
I have one Al Green going out there and telling everybody that we need to get rid of this guy. He's hateful. We need to get rid of him. Get He's terrible. Uh, he's inciting hate. I don't have any crimes, but a whole lot of misdemeanors. This guy needs to go. And he's telling the president, I don't want you. I don't need you. Or the country doesn't need you. But the rest of the house is listening to a different Al Green. Yes, the House of Representatives, despite one Al Green wanting to break up the relationship between Congress and the presidency, the rest of them want to stay together. Good times, bad times, tweets, um, whatever else that comes up, we're, we're, we want to stick with the president. Interesting. Guys, let's remember this. Impeachment of a president. That's going to occur when it is determined by the House of Representatives that he has committed acts that can be described as either high crimes, well, actually high crimes and misdemeanors, I guess you could say or. And again, in the in the more than two-century history of the presidency, under the current Constitution, only two have suffered that judgment. It only took one vote each to get him. President Andrew Johnson was impeached in 1868 for violating an act of Congress that became law over his veto. they Andrew Johnson had his veto written, overridden so many times, I don't even know if he bothered to show up to work. The Senate wouldn't convict him. I think they missed by one vote of, of convicting him, and that would have removed him from office. So impeachment doesn't get him out of office anyway. President Bill Clinton was impeached in 1998 because he perjured himself before a federal grand jury. Again, the Senate did not Convict him. Now, a lot of people would like to count Richard Nixon, or at least put him in as a footnote, but he resigned the presidency rather than face a nearly certain impeachment vote. Don't know if they would have impeached him or not. The vote didn't occur, but he was definitely on his way to getting a vote. All that over the Watergate scandal and cover-up, cover which made several members of his administration federal convicts. So we've impeached a president who defied law, duly enacted by Congress. We've impeached another president who lied under oath while being investigated, and a third president abandoned the White House rather than face impeachment for crimes he tried to hide. Now, these are all pretty serious misdeeds. I would, I, I think we'd all agree. But now some random Democrat rhymes with Regro, member of the Clown Brown Caucus, Al Green, has determined that if a president issues 280-character Internet text messages, that qualifies as a high misdemeanor worthy of impeachment. And that assertion has been so ludicrous that the full House of Representatives has pimp-slapped that foolishness three times. Now, doubtless he's going to come back. Um, and it's not the first... And it's not the second time. Three times. Guys, let me help you out with this. You really need to understand what's going on here. The Democrat Party, the white progressives in the Democrat Party, 
have set up the POC members of the House Democrats to be patsies for something they know is going to get is going to get somebody kicked out of Congress. So what you have is the um, the rather you know one of the, one member of the AOC coven, Rashida Tlaib, who has basically mf'd Trump all over the place as the wonderful mother and role model she is. We're going to impeach the mf'er. Her and her Palestinian flag are going to go and take him down. So she's out there as a Democrat face of impeachment. Nobody cares about Rashida Tlaib. Don't no understand this. She's expendable. She's only this is her first term in Congress. If she doesn't make it, she can go back and be a martyr for the Palestinian cause and all. Nobody cares. And now you got Al Green who's pushed this foolishness all the way to a vote on the floor three times and it has been embarrassingly rejected. Well, guess what? He's a member of the Clown Brown Caucus. They're they're never accountable. They can do anything. These are the same guys who've been talking about 40 acres and a mule since 1989. How's that going? Oh, we had a hearing. Okay, you had a hearing. Let me help you out. Do you? The likelihood that the Democrats are going to retain control of the House of Representatives is not that high. And even though they have it, what did the hearings result in? They ain't moving. They ain't going nowhere. So the white progressives have put the POC members of the Democrat Party out there on impeachment. So when it fails they can say plausible denial we just didn't think that was a reasonable thing we applaud the members for their um for their passion and their fire but obviously that's just not the right way for us to try to run the united states government and of course nancy pelosi who's behind it all gives herself plausible denial and if you believe that she doesn't want this you are smoking crack the one thing out that you see Al Green as the ringleader under Pelosi, her lapdog. That's exactly he's a pet. He is a white progressive woman's pet. If you honestly believe that Nancy Pelosi is not telling him get it out, do it out, while she sits back and says, "No, I, I, I don't want that. That's 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 really not uh, good for him." If you really believe that she's not behind this, you're crazy. This is ridiculous. This is foolishness. It's not going to work. It's not. It can't work. But the one thing that gets me is not how many times he has embarrassingly gotten his behind handed to him. It's the fact that other black people, people of color, lack the character and class to be embarrassed by someone who associates himself with them putting on this type of a clown show. And I'll say this, I'll say this for blacks. If you aren't embarrassed by this, then you'll never understand why the United States of America no longer takes black people seriously when it comes to politics. Because they see blacks clowning, and this is another example of clowning 
And as a result, they have no regard for you. If you don't want to change that, that's your business. But that's the reason. And with that, I'll turn this over to my good friend, Ron Edwards. And after that, we'll be back with hour two of Black Man Thinking. In a nation that tries to instill unearned self-esteem in its children, it sure lacks in the effort to protect them. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. According to Mike Adams of naturalnews.com, a child protection bill with broad bipartisan support is under fire by Google because the child protection bill would hold the Silicon Valley tech giants accountable for their alleged complicity in allowing underage children to be abused and sex trafficked via other platforms, specifically against underage children. There are many, including certain tech companies, that profit from child sex trafficking. If passed, the Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking Act would amend the Communications Decency Act established in 1934. Many believe that big tech companies like Google would no longer be shielded from liability for sex crimes committed on their platforms specifically against underage children. Perhaps if children were deemed valuable enough to be protected from murder in and outside of the womb, maybe they would have already been more protected from pedophilers and sex traffickers. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on AmericanMatters.us and 6 p.m. Mountain on KYAH AM 540 Delta, Utah. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five-O.